The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. It is a big week in football because you got the Senior Bowl going on down in Mobile, Alabama. Well, we have our Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, the former Bears quarterback. We got Tom Thayer in studio at the Score Studios observing the week before the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl festivities. And today here at Haddles Hall, I'm situated in my booth as we uh, review the introduction of Chuck Pagano as the defensive coordinator of Chicago Bears. Fellas, good evening and welcome everybody to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. So we got all kind of different perspectives tonight to bring to the table tonight. Uh, we'll start with Tom in studio. Tom, how you doing? First I'm doing good. You know, it's funny. You, you, you got the uh, picture of Mitchell Trubisky in the back of the Sun-Times. You know it's a Pro Bowl practice when you're in short sleeves and sunglasses. And, you know, that's the indication that the Pro Bowl and the way these guys get ready to prepare for the for the week and for what the Pro Bowl has become. I hope there's better effort than we've seen in the past. And then, but I think today is about Pagano and a, a lot of fans that don't know a lot about Chuck Pagano being in the AFC through a majority of his career, get an introduction to see how he'll be up at the podium, how he's going to answer questions. When I was... Saw Chuck Pagano when he was coaching with Indianapolis or Baltimore. He was always a, a cliche talker. And I think today you got a little bit wider um, exposure to Chuck Pagano, what he's been going through the last couple of years, you know, the success of his coaching career. And even I'm glad that I asked him the question about the desires to be a head coach. I think he's extremely content to be where he is. Yeah, he sounds like that very much. And he loves his quotes. I, I had an opportunity to visit with him. He's got he's a quote machine. He's got all courts, sorts of sayings he's going to roll out to his players. So it'll be fun to, to jot those down over the course of the season. And he's got big plans for that. We'll hear some cuts from him throughout the broadcast here this evening to uh, let you know if you missed it earlier today. But, Big Jim, you, you're on to the draft. You're on yeah. to the draft right now, my friend. Yeah, it's been all week. It's uh, down here at the Reese's Senior Bowl. A lot of talent. Uh, you know, I can see definitely probably about eight first rounders that are down here performing in this game, and we can get into some of those names. You know, obviously the Aware, the defensive back. There was a little bit of scare. He's from Penn State. He went down early in the practice, but fortunately wasn't hurt and was able to return. And you know, so there's a lot going on, like you said. And I was I was happy to hear all the things that Chuck Pagano said. I listened. I read all your quotes today and what you were tweeting out, Jeff and and just how he's not going to change the terminology on the defense. I think that's a good thing that, you know, all those players on defense won't have to get to know a, a different terminology. They'll keep it the same, and it, it'll be familiar to the players. Now, I always say this about play callers, though. He's going to have a different way he calls a game that's different than Vic Fangio. He's going to have certain tendencies that are different than Vic Fangio, things that he obviously believes in. You know, when he's going to heat up an opposing quarterback, will he be more aggressive? in terms of the blitzing, because certainly the Bears' front seven, they've been fantastic, and I don't think Fangio has always had to do that as much as some other teams in, ter- in terms of providing pressure. And then just the talent, you know, to continue to develop uh, the young talent, that's going to be imperative for Chuck Pagano as well. 
You know, too, Jim, I think it's really important to keep um, um, defensive line coach. Why am I losing his name? Rogers. Jay, Rogers. Uh, uh, um, Jeff Rogers or Jay Rogers. It's important to keep him on the staff because if you are going to keep the same terminology and you're keep you're t- keeping the terminology together to be able to have these guys experience the same terminology that they learned this year, there's going to be a coach on the staff that has the ability to explain little little nuances of the defense to Pagano and I think it's important you you talk about and even he talked about it at the podium you know you made a quarterback may get an indication that we're going to blitz you from one side but as soon as that clock winds down and they get to the point where they can't make a transition he'll blitz you from the complete opposite side and overwhelm you with bodies so now it's good that they can put that into the terminology so the players know what the coach is talking about and easier for well, you know what four new coaches on the defensive coaching staff to learn it rather than every single player forgetting what they've learned over the last couple of years and trying to learn something new so I, I think that's important part of the develop the continuous development of this defense here's what his vision is our vision for this defense is to be the best and we'd be the best uh, in the history of the game pieces are there and they'll continue to add pieces and we'd be better than we were last year absolutely It'll be very, very difficult and be a huge challenge, but one that uh, uh, we're all up for. Well, he's not just sitting back and saying, hey, you guys are really good and I hope to be really good. He's shooting for the stars. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and I, I love it too. And you talk about new players coming in here. And, Jim, you brought it up a couple minutes ago because you are down at the Senior Bowl and you see all this upcoming talent. And then I start thinking about Coach Pagano and where he fits in, but this upcoming draft. Because, you know, everybody talks about what the Bears don't have in terms of numbers. I think this is probably as an important draft in the, in the players that you bring in as if you had a load of first-rounders because you can't have misses. You can't go out there and reach at a guy that maybe you think he can come up through the ranks if he's in a small program. You have to get these guys like your Eddie Jacksons and stuff that there's a reason they're in the fourth round, but the reason is that they're they're a good football player with maybe a little bit of hiccup of injury in their past. All right, we'll get to Jim Miller on some of that. The Bears will have uh, have, have a guy making those decisions. Ryan Pace has had some very good mid to late round draft picks that have stuck and stayed, and some are in the Pro Bowl right now. We'll be talking to one of those guys. Uh, Charles Leno Jr., the former seventh-round draft pick, will be joining the program from Orlando, where some practice took place today with his six other Bears teammates and having a good time. We can see that from all the pictures and all the uh, video we've seen from Orlando. This is Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak up at Hattasaw with Tom Thayer in the SCORE studios and Jim Miller down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. I'll pick it up with Big Jim. Uh, weather hadn't been great, eh? No, they had to actually yesterday. They had to move it inside and go into South Alabama. At least now they they have a facility that they can go indoors and practice. They had to limit the amount of uh, you know representatives for each team. The teams were only allowed two representatives, so that's unfortunate because you got all the scouts from every organization that's down here. So they're really going to have to scout off the the tape. But at least the players did get in a quality practice and you know back even when I played this game in 94 I remember we had a practice uh, that was canceled we we ended up doing our our practice in the ballroom of the hotel 
imagine me throwing an out route into a, a <laughs> fold-up wall. <laughs> I mean, so at least uh, at least now they have a, a facility that they can use, but it, it has been pretty bad weather down here. Hey, Jim, I have a question for you. Your era is different than my era. When I, when I came out, you had the Blue-Gray game, you had the East-West Shrine game, you had the Hula Bowl, you had the Japan Bowl, and you had the Senior Bowl. So you had that all these players were able to make a choice or else they went to maybe one two or three of the bowl games throughout at the end of their um, college career do you like the the way the bowl games are for the players that are looking for an opportunity in the nfl or did you have that access to that many when you came out of college as we did and we had to make a decision what bowl game we wanted to go to yeah i think now it's pretty much you know in terms of the competition i think the senior bowl still is the premier bowl if you get an invite to the senior bowl 90% of the players that play in this bowl game will be drafted and again there it's where you have the most first rounders too i mean i can easily see a good 30 players through round 1 through round 3 that'll get drafted uh that what i saw down here is probably one of the best groups of talent that i've seen in in a in a senior bowl and think about last year baker mayfield played in this bowl Josh Allen played in this bowl, so you can really improve your stock. And the, and the players that even play in some like last week was the East-West Shrine game, right? So players from that game that really stood out have moved on and come over here to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy, the executive director, leaves some invites available uh, so that players that, that do really shine in that game can come out and, and come over. And the one guy who really stands out to me is the offensive lineman, uh, from Elon. This guy is 6'6", 345 pounds. He's a tackle, all right? Only you don't get to know his name because he, he shined and dominated so uh, greatly last week at the East-West Shrine. It was a no-brainer to bring him over here to the Reese's Senior Bowl, and, and he stood up. He's gone against uh, great pass rushers that are down here, like Montres Sweat from uh, uh, from uh, Mississippi State, and they've really showed uh, that they, he can stand up against some of the top pass rushers that are down here. Well, we'll be keenly interested to see and hear not only from you, Jim, and, and Tom, your analysis, but other analysis out there about uh, you say it's a good crop of talent down there, but at the Combine, like are there going to be a bunch of key players pushed down into that range where the Bears are going to be drafting since they do not have a first or second round pick? Yeah, that's going to be a critical part of it because, you know, again, quarterbacks are going to drive the draft. We, we, we've seen it. Even the Bears, they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky and you see teams always trade up to do it. Kansas City, they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you what, there's some good quarterbacks. And I think all eight of these quarterbacks are going to get a shot somewhere. You know, McSorley's a pro- probably the only one from uh, Penn State that's really not a true pocket passer. We know he runs a little bit more of the RPO stuff in terms of the play-action stuff. But Daniel Jones is here from Duke. He is definitely going to be a first-round pick. I like Drew Locke from uh, – uh, from the the Mizzou Tigers, I think he's really had a good uh, good week. The kid uh, from uh, Auburn, Jarrett Stidham, he has really impressed me too. I think he has definitely improved his stock. And then Gardner Minshew from Washington State, he put out a clinic in accuracy today in the red zone. So quarterbacks are going to move up. And to think about, it, I didn't even bring up some of the underclassmen that have declared. You know, obviously when you look at Haskins at Ohio State, a lot of people think he may be the first quarterback off the board. But it's going to what do what then? If all these quarterbacks go, then I just mentioned potentially four that could go in the first round. It's going to push some good players down the draft board. 
Jim Miller is in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Tom Thayer here in town along with Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Chuck Pagano introduced today, I think, widely from what I've read and, and just talking to reporters here at Alice Hall earlier this morning. They got a good vibe from this coach. Uh, and he feels very fortunate to be here. 33 years in coaching and then sitting out last year. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass and uh, at such a uh, special, special place. And so I'm, uh, I'm very, very grateful and I'm, I'm thankful and uh, very excited, obviously, to, uh, to be a bear. Yeah, you know, as he told me, there, there was nobody to root for anymore last year. You know, when he's watching games, he's just watching games. There's no investment in terms of who he's, uh, who he's coaching or who he's rooting for here. And did spend some time in the NFL office, Tom, uh, working with officials as a consultant, and he got a different perspective of of life behind the scenes there. Yeah, you get to see the good and the bad of the NFL season in its entirety. You sit in a room full of monitors where you get to watch every game. You get to watch how the officials react. You get to watch the different styles developing in the RPO offenses as opposed to the different styles of defenses now that you have to put on the field to counterbalance or counteract against the RPO offenses. And it, it's probably... It's beneficial to Chuck Pagano to sit out there and watch the development of the NFL as it was for Vic Fangio to be around Matt Nagy before he gets a head coaching job to get more exposure to the RPO offense. And, you know, one thing about Chuck Pagano is a lot of times, you know, how many, what's the percentage? You look at all these guys that are hired this year in the NFL, whether you're a coordinator or a new head coach, you're coming into a project that you need drastic improvement as quickly as you can get it done or you will be fired again. Chuck Pagano is coming into a team that has elder statement leadership in the locker room. It's got a system in place that has championship caliber and qualities to it. He was able to spew off all the interceptions, the turnovers, and everything that the analytics that complemented this defense. So now you think about everything that Chuck Pagano has gone through in the last five years in terms of his coaching and health up and downs that he's been able to work himself through to be able to step in at the Chicago Bears and, man, you have a Super Bowl-caliber defense that's you know put in your lap just like we are giving Khalil Mack at the end of training camp. Yeah, and I, I think it comes with the expectations when he says, hey, we want to be great, you know, meaning to you know go back to the 85 Bears and how great that defense was. I think he comes with a lot of credibility. I mean, Chuck Pagano has been with teams that's had great defenses. You just go back to the days in Baltimore, he knows what it looks like, and he knows what it takes uh, to be great. So, you know, you look at a team like last year, like Jacksonville, you know, they talk big. They, they talk like they're, they got a great roster and, and all, talented, all those talented players on the defensive side of the board. And lo and behold, some games they got lit up for 45 points. So I think for, for the players' aspect of it, they've got to live up to it too. You know, you can't just walk into the building in Hall and stride out to the field and, and think that you're going to be great if you don't put in the work. So I think Chuck Pagano will definitely challenge these defenders, and they are mature guys that I think do understand it for the Chicago Bears, but I think they'll all push themselves accordingly to reach the greatness that they want to be. I think he's got the right group of guys to do it. He's already said many text messages from his guys. They're ready to go already. These are a group of guys that love the game. you got to love the game. you got to really love the game to put in the work. He says he's going to keep it likable and learnable. An acronym for kill. <laughs> Sounds worse than it is, but... He's going to let him loose because he has an aggressive mindset, that's for sure. We'll hear more on Chuck Pagano. Hope to hear from Charles Leto Jr. as well from Orlando, Florida at the Pro Bowl. This is Bears All Access with Jeff and Tom and Jim 
on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Escape the cold and head to the Ryu Palace, Costa Mujeres, in Cancun with your favorite Bears players, including Prince Mukamara, Roquan Smith, Bilal Nichols, plus inside the Bears hosts, Lauren Screeden and Anthony Adams. Visit applevacations.com slash bears to book today. And to you. Be- Don't leave yourself out. Oh, yes. You're one of the personalities that are going <laughs> basking in the just sun. You never leave an opportunity o- alone. No way. I want you. You should. Be, I know your name is in that message somewhere. No, You're not it's, reading it. It's not it. written down. So, you know, but I am going. And I was Don't there have, a year ago in. Punta Don't Cana. have another beach miss. Don't have another beach mishap. We at this time, uh, Jeff. No, that was that. that was awful. And there, there's, <laughs> there's a guy on the phone right now from Orlando, Florida, <laughs> who witnessed it firsthand. The Pro Bowl left tackle, the Chicago Bears, Charles Leno Jr. Good evening, Charles. What's How you up, doing, guys? How you guys doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Hey, you know, how fun is this for you, man? Man, it's really cool. Um, it's really fun, having a great time, enjoying this weather. Uh, don't want to go back up to where you guys are at right now. Uh, this weather is very nice. Uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying it, having a good time, meeting some great people, and just relaxing. Hey, Charles, you've been around the Bears a long time now. We got to know you well. Will you ever become Chuck to us, or are you always going to be a Charles? Uh, I'll always be a Charles. You can just call me Charles. Hey. I'll, I'll, only, only a certain few people call me Chuck. So <laughs> I'll keep you like that. Um, hey, this year, the seat, when the, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, what 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 did you want to prove upon, and what did Harry help you prove upon to the point where you're elected the Pro Bowl? We saw the the stats from your season are incredible in terms of penalties and mishaps and stuff. What what was the difference between you changing yourself and what Harry had to do with it? Um, yeah, Coach Houston, very great. Harry's a great coach, man. Um, he came in and. He just wanted to fine tune some of the things that I already I'm already good at, and he knows I'm athletic. He knows I can move really well, um, good with my hands, things like that. But you can have all those great tools, but you got to fine tune it and you know dial into the technique and the details of your blocking. So that's all I was doing. I was just honing in on keeping my hands inside, doing like simple small things that you know can be problems if you don't take care of it on the field. Well, well, Charles, Jim Miller here. Congratulations on a great year and, and going to the Pro Bowl. I saw you guys tweet out the family photo today. There's so many Bears down there. That's got to feel pretty good to see your teammates getting the opportunity to enjoy such a great honor of being and playing in a Pro Bowl. Oh, absolutely. It really is. Um, just hanging out with these guys again. <laughs> it was picking off where we left off. Uh, we having fun in the huddle. Mitch, Tariq, Cody, and then, you know, Akeem over there joking around and Cal Fuller and Eddie out there. It's just really cool just seeing all the boys. Charles Leno Jr., our guest here on Bears All Access with Jeff, Tom, and Jim as we get you set for the Pro Bowl from the eyes of Charles Leno Jr. It's not all work, obviously, but uh, you're you're with all these stars of the league uh, that fans and and and, uh, and coaches have, have put in there. And for you for being the first time and for, for a lot of these guys, uh, all these guys being for the first time, yep. um, are you – are you drawn on the experience? Are you talking to these other guys from around the league about how they go about their business just from the general practice time and, and time you're spending with them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just not too long ago, I was talking to guys like uh, – I was talking to Trent Williams, somebody who I look up to, somebody who I think is like one of the best tackles in the league, and I'm just trying to pick his brain so I can get to the position where he's at because I still feel like I'm far away from where he's been in the league. So it's just really cool, like, you know, hanging out with these guys and just – talking to them and picking their brains so I can keep elevating my game. 
Charles, I remember last year being in the weight room up at Hallis Hall, and you were in there, and you kind of you missed a really super heavy power clean. All your teammates co- continued the encouragement, got the excitement built up. Bam, you pulled it the next one. F- throughout your career, how important has the weight room been to the success that you're enjoying now? In for every young player that needs to be have heavy duty involvement in the weight room. Oh, the weight room is a big part of it. Um, especially as an offensive lineman, uh, it's like putting on that body armor. Uh, the body armor is, is something that you gotta have when you're in the when you have, when you're offensive lineman. So that's just what it is. Sorry if there's a lot of noise, guys. I'm I'm I'm, I'm around a lot of people who are about to leave to go to Universal Studios. So okay, well, well, Charles, let me ask you this. Obviously, a tremendous year making the the postseason and, and the success that you guys had as a team. How do you, what do you draw from the experience as you decompress? Uh, from your first playoff run? Um, man, we had a hell of a season. Um, as I decompressed, I look at it like a lot of people didn't believe we were supposed to be in this situation. We knew the type of talent we had. We knew the type of players we had. And we just had to buy in and believe. And we did that, and we accomplished our things. But it's still one goal in mind at the end of the day. So when, we, when, you, when you sit back and you lose a game like that, it was a tough one. You know that it gets you more hungry and more amped up for next year. Charles Leno Jr., our guest, uh, remaining moments with you, so we'll let you go here shortly to enjoy the evening. Uh, how, how big is this for Mitch, from your perspective? How, how big is what? Pro Bowl. How, how big is the Pro Bowl experience for a guy like Mitch? Oh, it's really big. I mean, he's having a great time. He's uh, hanging out with uh, guys like Dak, um, Russell Wilson, seeing a lot of different leaders, you know what I mean, just picking their brains and stuff. Hey, Chuck, I would like to know, when when did you realize that James Daniels got it? Because I think we are all so impressed with his development throughout his rookie season. But when you're talking about a left tackle now, you're breaking in an offensive guard, you're breaking in a tight end when you talk about Trey Burton being new here and, and even the rest of the tight ends with the new offense. When did you realize, go, man, this James Daniels, this guy gets it? Um, You see, like, I've seen it early because you see, like, a little, like, Little snippets, like little little clips of this guy. If he if he can just keep doing that, he got to figure it out. And it's just slowly and surely he just kept getting better and better and better every week. And it's uh it's something that I mean he put in a lot of work. I mean talking about staying after after practice, keep working his reps, going in early, you know, getting filming with uh, Cody and the guys and stuff. He's just gonna keep being a pro and keep getting better. Well, last one for me, Charles. Does it go through your mind? I mean, not that you don't face the best pass rushers every single week, but, you know, the AFC's got the best on the other side of this Pro Bowl. Are you, are you going to bed at night prior to the game thinking, hey, I, I can't give up a bad sack going into this Pro Bowl game? <laughs> I'm about to go out there and do what I've been doing all year. Um, I know. Well, I mean, it's, 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 we're going against the best of the best here right now. So yep. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm about to just express myself on the field with my excitement, play with some energy, play with some joy, and knowing that, you know, this stuff doesn't come along often. So I'm just going to go out there and play, play my game. All right, last one before I let you go. Did, were you playing dodgeball? No, I didn't get to play dodgeball. Oh, okay. I didn't play no dodgeball. Okay. What, 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 fun, what fun activity did they have you doing with, with all these well, uh, different drills? Um, You know, playing catch with the uh, – Playing like a little fat and go, you know, lineman taking some fly routes, catching the ball and stuff like that. That's the only fun I've been doing so far. 
Uh, I'm headed to Universal Studios, hopping on the bus right now. I'm excited to do that. That's all the fun right now. <laughs> there I'll you go. Don't be a big kid again. Have fun, my man. Good to talk to you and enjoy the whole experience. I appreciate it, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Charles John. Leno Jr. down in Orlando, Florida, our guest here on Bears All Access. Uh, having a good time with the fellas. Uh, you've seen, you know, as you would expect, Tariq Cohen has been doing a lot of social media. <laughs> He's been having a good time. Uh, and Akeem Hicks is genuinely thrilled. Smile, ear to ear, bounce in his step. And I, I could not be happier for a guy you know, like that. Jeff, in, in the times that I mean, I've never played in the Pro Bowl, but I used to go with Jay or all the other guys on the team all the time. And it was a big thrill for me to be around the other players from the NFL, to rub shoulders with a Randy White or see Howie Long in person or whomever you got to see play against. And so, you know, for a, a first-time guy like Chuck and the rest of these guys that are first-time Pro Bowlers, it's got to be a huge thrill. But even the the participants, the fans, the the players that go down there, it's it's a big thrill to be able to shake hands and get an introduction, you know, from these guys that's not pregame or postgame. Well, I think the biggest thing, Jim, is that uh, you're you're not quite in uh, NFL Siberia anymore. You're yeah. a playoff team <laughs> with a rising expectations. You put eight guys in the Pro Bowl now when you add them all up and uh, Khalil Mack injured. But these guys are getting to rub shoulders with all these guys. They're hearing uh, from their peers how they feel about them, how they look at the Bears. It helps, I think, down the road in free agency. I think you develop relationships that could last a lifetime. Whatever they do down there. A lot of swag. You know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, too, it's it's just validation. It's it's a tremendous honor to get voted to the Pro Bowl. Like you said, your, your fellow peers... Uh, the coaches, obviously, the fans are acknowledged in respect to your game that you're getting votes to go to the to the Pro Bowl. And I think, you know, from a confidence standpoint, it just validates all the hard work that you put in. I think you, you do want to be recognized and respected for how you play the game of football. And these guys are, have truly got a ton of talent. And, it, and now that is being recognized. So I think for them, it's got to feel pretty good. And like you said, you're around the, some of the best in the game that have been acknowledged as well. You can see how they work, how they prepare bounce ideas off their head and it really is uh, probably a thrill for them and obviously quite an honor and i think it's something that they you know all know that their game is respected and just how they present themselves on the field that's jim miller with tom thayer i'm jeff joniak and this is bears all access on chicago sports radio 670 the score You can help deserving families by donating a winter coat for the Chicago Bears Jewel Osco Coat Drive at participating Jewel Osco locations now through February 1st. Donations benefiting the Salvation Army. And man, is it going to be, you going to be all right, Tom, this week? Oh, yeah. Cold, I'll make man. it. I'll make it. I'm built Cold. for this. <laughs> You're built for this? Yes. I'll tell you what, uh, it, it's uh, it's quite the reality for those, though, that uh, could use coats. So contribute and donate as much as you possibly can. Jeff and Tom here with you. And Jim Miller in Mobile, Alabama, getting ready for the Senior Bowl. Now, are you going to be broadcasting the game again this year, Jim? Yeah, we'll be broadcasting the game on Saturday. And surprisingly, a lot of, you know, the NFL teams, you know, they normally take off. This is kind of the last day the uh, the coaches and the, and the scouts are here because the last practice is finished up. And a lot of the general managers that I've talked to, like Dave Gettleman, he's going to stay for the game. Uh, you know, to Bruce Allen, who's the president of the Washington Redskins. There's quite a few GMs that are staying for, uh, through the game this time because they want to see how the players play with the, the when the lights come on. You know, when the game actually starts, the guy last year who really didn't have a good week, he's from Texas, San Antonio, Marcus Davenport. Remember the first-round draft pick? 
that uh, the New Orleans Saints traded up to Green Bay spot, and they gave up next year's number one pick as well to get him. He really flashed in this game. It's really the best he played all week, and it was all because of the game. Why uh, the New Orleans Saints felt that they were motivated uh, to trade up and get this guy. He's a small school player, and certainly he had a big first year for the New Orleans Saints as a rookie. I think it's important to stay down there. I think you do. I want to see the way a player react to game day, how they react to a mistake on the field. Do they rebound from it intelligently thinking athlete, or do they let it, you know, linger in their head and maybe they're susceptible to other mistakes? And, you know, when you talk about a, a team like the Bears specifically, and we mentioned without having a couple of draft choices, they need to investigate the talent within this draft as much as they ever had in the history of the draft because those players they need to make a pick on, you know, they, they have to work out. And when you go and you watch the practices down there, Jim, that luckily, luckily enough we get them on TV, that you see some talent there that is going to be around for the Bears, that's going to give them an opportunity, a Blau Nichols or some of these other guys that come in and they, uh, you know, they they – start cultivating their talent immediately and then they work their way into the lineup and then you become a starter before the end of the year so I I think it would be important to stay down there and watch the actual reaction of these guys not from a video where you 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 don't hear anything yeah it's really according to just the way it's shaping up right now it looks like there's going to be a lot of good edge rushers uh in this draft there's a lot of good defensive linemen and there's a lot of good offensive linemen you know you think about you know, some of the teams that were light at, at offensive guard and offensive tackle last year. And the one kid I know you're going to love, Tom, is a kid from Boston College, Chris Lindstrom. I mean, this guy's an absolute mauler in how he plays. He's currently rated, I think, the, the second-best guard uh, coming out in this year's draft. But safety position is another deep position. And, again, they got a lot of big defensive backs uh, down here. So, unfortunately, Josh Allen, the most talented probably linebacker coming out in the draft, he decommitted and is not performing in this game. But, man, I wish you were here because there's a lot of good linebackers as well that have really uh, shown up all week long in the lead-up to the game. So you're right. Just seeing how a player reacts in the game is big. You know, how a quarterback, if he throws an interception, does he go into the tank? Can he forget about it and move on to the next play? Or whether it's a fumble or, or a guy misses a tackle in space, and how does he respond? So it's big, and I think that's why a lot of GMs, elected to stay around this year. You know, you know too is, you know, you think about off, offensive linemen, they can come in and they can start their rookie year. That that tackle that's there from Washington is a big guy, 6'6", 325, 330 pounds. So, you offensive and defensive linemen, they these guys, they can be plug and play if you have the right surrounding talent around them like Charles Leno Jr. and Cody Whitehair developing help development with James Daniels and uh, you know, those are the types of guys and defensive linemen, they come and they contribute to the rotation of the defensive lineman you don't have to have a guy that's immediate first day starter but there is a lot of talent down there that these teams will be looking for these guys to play and contribute some immediately some as the season winds on Tom Thayer and Jim Miller are here with us on Bears all access that tackle that's Caleb McGarry 68324 yes he'll be wearing number 58 for the uh the North team, if you're going to watch the game or if you're watching some of the uh, practice sessions. That's a center guard number. Yeah. And they need to give this, fill this guy out a 60 or a 70. You know, you're, you're that big of a guy. You need a big number to cover it up. Jim, well, hearing I'm, uh, hearing well, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure you saw the video of the Western Illinois defensive line and lineman Kalen Saunders who did a backflip. It almost like yeah. remember when JPP did 17 in a row, uh, the backflips. Oh, yes, yes. Big man. 
you know, it was at the end of practice. John Gruden calls up uh, the whole squad uh, of the Norse team to, to watch him. He says, all right, Caleb, you know how to end this practice. And so he does the, uh, this backflip. And to see a 315-pound defensive lineman do what he did, everybody was high-fiving him. It was the funniest but, part of practice on, Jim, on, on at, Tuesday. At the end, he says, I'm here to be a football player, not a gymnast. So he kind of wanted, yeah, I'm I'm talented and I have the courage to do this at this body weight and stuff, but don't look at me because of that. You know, the Bears a couple of years ago had that kid that jumped out of the swimming pool. Gilbert. Right. Gerard Gilbert. Right. And that yeah. all that ignited everybody. Oh my God, this guy's got to be an incredible football player. Um, no offense to him. I'm just thinking of, you know, mental recall. If you see these guys do something and then that's the, that's the label they get stuck with. So this guy made a point of saying, look, I'm a football player that I can, but I can do a flip. Hey, if you want to yeah. jump on as well, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. We're with you until the top of the hour. Jim Miller in Mobile, Alabama. Tom Thayer here in Chicago. And Jeff Joniak here at Hallis Hall at Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Uh, Jim, some of the big names at receiver have really lit up in the in the in the practice sessions. Uh, this Debo Samuel, uh, many people are saying he he was the MVP of of practice. What about him? He's been awesome every single day. You're right. He's out of South Carolina. He's six foot, two hundred and ten, playing for the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup. He's thick. He is just a, one. He's smooth in his routes. He can separate and has the speed. Uh, good route runner catches everything, but he competes. The defensive backs. I don't think there's there's not one guy that's been able to, able to cover him. He has had that good of a week. I'll give you another name of a guy uh, on the North squad. Uh, he's about as fast as as quick as a hiccup. Andy Isabella. He's a he's the wide receiver from Massachusetts. He's been really good from the from the slot side of things. He's six one two zero five and Penny Hart. Penny Hart from Georgia State. He is he's built like Tariq Cohen. All right, he's diminutive in stature. They only have him listed at 5'8", 180 pounds. But I'm telling you, you know who he runs like Tyreek Hill. This guy's an absolute burner, and you know he just jumps out at you when you watch him practice. He's just physically much faster than everybody. Just the the way he moves and and how he runs, and he has been difficult. Has made big plays all week long here down in Mobile. That uh, Andy and Isabella, I, I, I watched some of his uh, his route work today. Wow, I'll just say that he can make he can turn a defensive back inside and out. And you got a lot of speed with that Ohio State kid Terry McLaurin, uh, very very fast guy there with the football in his hands as well. Eh, it's a long way until the draft, and without a first or second round pick, I don't know the fans are going to be going gaga over the draft right now, but. This is the the details of the draft will be the story of this draft for the Bears. You know, but Jeff, where are you know, we talk about the draft and the picks they don't have. Where do the Bears need to draft? What position, what where do they need the ranks? Where do they need the numbers? I mean, because you think of all the receivers they have or the you know, all, every single position, where are the Bears at right now in terms of what the fans or what people think they need going into next year? Well, cuz you still you don't know what's going to going to happen with Allen at the at the defensive back or the safety spot this is a very deep deep draft for safeties uh that I mentioned you got guys like Kari Willis from Michigan State he's down here he's performed uh very well all week long because you first you got to think about your free agents who could be leaving your team when you look at Adrian Amos is probably the first on that list who could potentially could be moving on um and then of course corner you know you look at Prince of Mukamari he only signed a two-year deal with the Bears do you want more depth at corner and there's 
big corners that I mentioned here. I, I threw out Awari from Penn State. He has been phenomenal uh, with what he's done out here, and he's a big guy. Another guy, he's six foot, two hundred and three pounds. That that has the ability to do everything. So you got a lot of good corners that are going to be in this draft as well. And you can never have enough corners, never enough pass rushers. And, uh, you know, it is a matter of taste right now. Yes, they're going to have their own list of needs. I'd like to see that defense continue to maintain its excellence. And so as much depth and strength at that spot, the better. And the rest of it, you fill in the blanks and you keep loading up. Keep as much depth as you can. It's been a, a big part of why this team won this past season and why they hope to be among the Super Bowl contenders in 2019. We'll step away. One more segment to go. Jim Miller in Mobile. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here in town. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Creeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. We're going to get to our phone calls here, and Todd and Mark, thanks for hanging on. Real quick, though, little Chuck Pagano from today, what this defense will be. Wreak havoc you know, and be calculated about it. Want to be aggressive. Want to dictate the tempo. Put a premium on fundamentals. Put a premium on the ball, taking the thing away. Nobody did it better than the Bears, you know, last year with 36 takeaways, I think, and 27 interceptions. And throw in there, stop the run and pressure with more than four if you have to, but hopefully with four. That's the game plan for Chuck Pagano, and the Bears fans certainly love hearing that. So the phone we go, Wheeling, our stop for Todd. Todd, thanks for hanging on, man. Hey, thanks for taking my call. First, I just want to say, hey, Jim, uh, thanks, uh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. When you came to Chicago, it's been a, it was a while before we had to – a good quarterback, and uh, you know, I'm so glad you got here. And you know, if they would have gave you more of a team to work with, well, I'm, I'm, you know, we would have. I'm sure you would have been a lot more successful. And then Jeff, I'm telling you, when I watch the Bears game, the best thing to do is turn down the volume on the TV set and then tune, turn, uh, turn you up on the radio. That's the best way to watch the Bears game. But I'll make it quick. Uh, the uh, these assistant coaches, Townsend, uh, I guess the defensive backs coach. And uh, yes. this uh, Mancino, what? How, are these guys solid? How would I mean? What do you know about them? I haven't heard much uh, discussion about them on the radio. And then I'll hang up and then uh, listen to you guys. All right, well, I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about this. Shay Townsend. Yeah. Obviously, he had a very successful career as a player. He was a very good cornerback and and logged many years in the National Football League. Then went right into into coaching. I think his you know because he's he'll be well respected. One because he's played the game. He's going to know a thing or two in terms of how to attack receivers and things of that nature. So I think uh, from that standpoint, it'll be fine. And Chuck Pagano obviously reached out to him, so he thinks highly of, of what he can be as, as a coach. But I think it'll be no issue from the players from Deshae Townsend's side of things because he played the game, and I think players really do respect that. And T- Ted Monachino, Tom, has, has been with Pagano. So he was with yes. him in Baltimore, Indianapolis as his coordinator. So there is familiarity there. I, I like the way the defensive side of the coaching staff is rounded in the place. And like I said, I'm glad they left, they kept the defensive line coach Rogers here because you, you need that go between uh, maybe to learn something about a player a little quicker if a coach has experience with them. And in the coaches that Pagano is bringing with them, it's because of their experience, their experience of success, either with the team they're coaching or the success they had as a player and the style of defense they played in. So I think all of these moves to the defensive staff is our positive ones considering you know all the guys that Vic 
brought with him to Denver, uh, I, I think Pagano is putting together a really solid uh, staff. And, you know, Matt's got a lot of years of experience in the NFL along with Ryan, so they're not hearing these guys' names for the first time. They have an understanding of what their background is. Yeah, they want teachers, and that's what excelled uh, for the Bears defensively here in the last few years with Vic Fangio and his staff. 312-644-6767. Uh, we'll stay on the phones here and head out to Mark from Michigan City, Indiana. Mark, good evening. You're on Bears All Access. Hey, Mark. Pleasure talking with you guys. About six years ago, I was at a Q&A with Jay, Hilbert, uh, Jay Hilberger. Uh, and the uh, question I had was, refers to Super Bowl twenty and the play-action pass after the start of the second half, where uh, out of the end zone, the Bears were back at the four, did a play-action pass to Peyton, threw a great block, and uh, Jay Hildenberg didn't know the name of the play, or if it came in from Dicka, or it was an audible from McMahon. It, and Tom, I'm relying on you for the information. If you remember the play call, did coming from the bench was an audible? What was it all? It, it was it was a fake 45 um, trap pass. Well, no, it was it was a fake 45 slant pass. So McMahon came into the huddle on that play, and he said, "You guys, listen to me. If you show me a good run fake, this play is going to be huge." And I I do think it was completed to Willie Gauld, um for for a huge gain. But that was a play that was specifically as we ran the ball so much, we ran the ball so effectively. We're not really in that game as wish as much as we should have with Walter, but they were intent on taking him out of the game. But because they were intent on taking him out of the game, they went for the play-action fake so aggressively that McMahon knew exactly what he was talking about, and it it did convert into a huge play, that first play of the second half. Never can stop going down memory lane, can they? But, you know, you kind of awesome. you, you awesome. remember him coming into the huddle and, and just making a point of saying, all right, offensive lineman, listen to my snap count, but come off the ball like we're running in it. It's going to be huge. And those are kind of the subtleties that we knew, but Jim knew him as, as well as anybody in preparation to call the play because he had to be thinking about it from the time Ed Hughes or Ditka called it on the sideline to the time he approached the huddle to the message that he delivered in the huddle and then the football he delivered to Willie. I'm impressed, Tom, with the recall. That's normally how it is for offensive linemen. They hear wah, 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 <laughs> and then they just hear the protection on two, on two. <laughs> That's pretty good, Tom. Hey, but- Jim. Jim, what was your favorite all-time play that you called in the huddle that was something you'll never forget? What was it? Well, we ran the crap out of X shallow cross. And obviously, uh, Marty or Des White, we, we ran that play so much. It was either Z shallow cross or X shallow cross, 772. So I'd bring Marty in motion. We'd go zero strong, Z half fly, 772, Z drive. And you could count on Marty Booker. Marty knew how to read coverages. He was going to hook it up versus zone. And if it's banned... He just uh, if he's looking, he's booking. Meaning, if he's looking at me, he, I know that he's going to keep on going. And Marty Booker could run that route as good as anybody, man. Talk about recall! That, that is outstanding. Can you get the whole playbook down? <laughs> I can go through a lot of them. They're in my head still somewhere. You know, it's amazing for quarterbacks, receivers, backs, tight ends, how much communication that they can do without ever saying a word. If you give the verbiage inside the huddle, man, you can communicate with three or four different guys 
just by the subtleties of expression that Jim's talking about. And offensive linemen, they can do it. They can hear a couple things in the huddle, and you you got to be aware of. You could be either working with your center if their defense is in one position, or you could be working with your tackle. And all those messages are conveyed to each other without ever saying a word. It's just by a subtle tap or an expression that you get the you get that message well, across. I I, just, I always used to remember Rex Tucker. If you remember him, the the offensive guard. He would always say, I don't know what any of that means. So what I just said, zero strong, Z half fly, 772 Z drive, he'd hear, wah, 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 772. He knew it was seven-step seven, seven step drop, 72 protection. That's all Rex Tucker cared about. And then he'd hear me say, all right, on two, or whatever I call the snap count up. But that's, that's kind of the life of an offensive lineman. A lot of them don't pay attention to the routes and don't want to get – get caught up in seven or Z drive and all those things. They just want to hear the protection and what they need to do with their specific assignment that they're going to be asked to but do. You could take a kid out of college, you know, that's, you know, maybe two or three years in the NFL probably has never heard of a seven step drop. You know, yeah. so when you when you think about the archives and the old school terminology, and you get those igniters. Now, if you got Charles Leno Jr., he here seven seventy two, and he's got no tight end to his left. He's going, man, this protection for me is is one of the extremes. Do I have to protect for a long time? I have to maintain my balance. I can't give him an outside edge or turn my shoulders too quickly. So, yeah, the offensive linemen they hear what the protection is, but then they have a rolodex of information going through their head in terms of how they have to win that specific play. Jim Miller and Tom Thayer breaking it down, X's and O's. For those of you who love that sort of stuff, and there's plenty of football fans that do, you can't get enough of it, the great stories. All right, in our remaining moments, uh, Bears are going to London uh, next season. Thoughts on that real quick against the Raiders. I'm glad they're playing the Raiders. You know, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to expect out of the Raiders next year. I see John Gruden in the quarterback's face at these senior bowl practices like his next out his next quarterback maybe maybe there i don't know what Derek Carr, or Carr thinks about that um but you know i i, I like playing at soldier field yeah, yeah i'm glad it's the raiders john gruden already admitted this year he hates to travel and go to london so you know he says he's still uh disoriented from the trip the last time uh, last season so maybe that'll be a good thing because logistically i think it'll be much easier on the bears All right, well, there's lots to discuss between now and then for certain, and we'll be uh, in Atlanta next week. Jim, I'll be with you on the show from Atlanta covering Super Bowl. Should be a fun week to break down Patriots and Rams. Tom will have his thoughts here from Chicago as well. Thanks, as always, to our producers, Eli Hershkovitz and Herb Lawrence. Most of all, to you for listening tonight. Thanks to our guest, Charles Leno Jr., Dan Barilli, our producer, and for Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. That'll do it tonight on Bears All Access. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.